Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, David Chen popping in here after we recorded the episode. We did get a couple emails at decodingtv at gmail.com pointing out that the callow years, which I discussed in the first episode covering Black Mirror Season 6, uh, it's a fake documentary in the Black Mirror universe. Uh, the callow years actually refers to the Prime Minister Callow from Season 1, Episode 1 of Black Mirror. Um, so it's all part of the same timeline and a very fun reference. So I just wanted to call that out. I don't mention it anywhere else in the episodes, but uh, it's a fun reference. All right. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Excuse me, sir. Uh, I apologize for the intrusion, but uh, you're David Ross? I believe I am. <laughs> uh, it's an honor to meet you, sir. Oh, my God. Such an honor. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> you are so real. Uh, it's incredible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I'm David Chen, and today we're going to be discussing Black Mirror Season 6, Episode 3, Beyond the Sea. Joining me to cover Black Mirror this season, she is a TV critic at Vulture.com. Roxana Haddadi. Roxana, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Excited to be here to talk about this episode. Yeah, so we previously covered uh, Episodes 1 and 2. Uh, and again, I just want to make sure people are subscribed to Decoding TV at podcast.decodingtv.com or at youtube.com slash decodingtv, where we often broadcast our episodes live. Um, but you can also follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at Decoding TV and become a paid member at decodingtv.com. Get ad free episodes, early access to episodes and help to keep the podcast going. We really appreciate it. Uh, lots going on with Decoding TV this summer. Uh, we got recaps and reviews of The Bear, uh, Silo and much more. So keep it tuned into Decoding TV for all of your TV watching uh, reaction needs. So uh, episodes one and two of Black Mirror, we previously recorded our thoughts on them, Roxana, and I thought we were pretty positive. You know, like I think, uh, again, be sure to check out Decoding TV on YouTube and at the podcast. You can watch our, uh, or listen to our recaps there. But overall, I thought we thought they were like pretty strong episodes, right? Like, Pretty, pretty I think so. Episodes, yeah, I think we had slightly uh, like varying reactions. I think I liked the first episode a little bit less than you did, and like yeah. two a little bit more. Yeah, but for the most part, I think we came down on like solid Black Mirror episodes, solid thematic ideas, um, and you were solidly on the let's mock Netflix train. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I was bummed that there that Streamberry did not exist in in the time of the Beyond the Sea episode. Unfortunately, yeah. But you know what's funny though, just as like a quick thing, is that like Streamberry is clearly Netflix in this universe, but episode two mentions Netflix. Does it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I guess it does. That's yeah, weird. because Stuart and Pia are talking about like the Netflix oh, documentary right. format. Yeah. That's weird that Netflix exists in the same universe as Streamberry. That's, yes. That is, that is odd. Also, episode two, what we, something we didn't mention, too, was um, uh, in the, at the BAFTAs, they mentioned a documentary about the San Junipero Project. So mm-hmm. that, was also, that was kind of funny as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to consider what in the universe of Black Mirror is actually just part of the universe and what is 
fake in the universe yeah. of Black Mirror. And how right? many Black Mirror universes are there, right? Is it like, is it all one shared <laughs> right. are universe? Are we part of base universe reality in Black right. Mirror? Anyway. Or are we dealing with like a multiverse? I don't know. My brain can't handle that. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> we like to start with non-spoilery overall thoughts on the episode. Then I will mm-hmm. read a detailed spoilery recap. And then we'll mm-hmm. talk about other thoughts we have on the episode. So let's start yes. with non-spoilery overall thoughts on this episode. What did you think, Roxana Dotti, of Beyond the Sea, the third episode from season six? I really was intrigued by the idea, and I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't go where I thought it would go, um, because it really it sets up like one specific twist mm-hmm. that I think you can figure out very quickly, and it's like uh, okay. Um, so I was glad the episode did not do that. However. I do not think it needed to be 80 minutes at all. I think that we could have cut like 15 to 20 minutes off this thing and it would have been a stronger, tighter episode. Um, My general feeling is like not even Salma Hayek was like, give me an 80 minute episode. (laughs) So do Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett. As much as I like them, warrant 80 minutes, I don't know. I was sort of, I was sort of not bored, but not fully entertained for this nearly feature length film of an episode. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) What did you think? Fair. Um, It's just so bleak, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. uh, The way you're describing it, though, this feels like what you understood as vintage black mirror though right yeah in, but not in the positive way like no 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 right yeah. not in the positive way but just your maybe like, maybe like a stereotypical version of what a, a a sad and kind of bad black mirror episode might be interesting um I, I i don't know i mean there's a lot of things to like about the episode sure. like uh uh, Rory Culkin is amazing in the episode. Rory Culkin like, is always amazing. Yeah. This is like one of his most chilling performances ever. I, oh, I'm a fan of Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul. Like they're just very strong actors. I don't know that they quite pull like specifically Aaron Paul. There's there's he he kind of has a dual role. He's playing two characters, and Aaron Paul is really good at playing a shattered man who's crying. Like he's mm-hmm. really good at like when he's doing that, mm-hmm. he is like utterly convincing. A plus. But he's also kind of an aloof, quasi-abusive father in this episode, and that I'm like less convinced by. You know, uh, well, anyway, mm. uh, I haven't. I, I'm going too much into the plot. Um, mm-hmm. Should you watch this episode? Yes, I think it's worth watching because there's so many great performances in the episode. It's such a cool concept that this episode has. Um, but overall, uh, it, it kind of has one point that it's hitting. And as with many Black Mirror episodes, it's like, I'm going to hit this point. I'm going to press the button like over and over again. And at the end of the day is just so bleak. You kind of got to be in, in the right mood to to watch this episode. I watched the first three episodes all at once. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I was like, really sad. Like, I was like, I was like, this is, oh, no. I'm depressed, you know, like, and this was like, this was the saddest of them all. Like this was yeah. sadder oh, than any of the other episodes. So it's, yes. so when I say, and here's the thing, Roxana, I like depressing things, you know, like sure. I, it's not like, I don't like, I don't dislike depressing things, but like this just felt so extreme on the depressing scale that it, it is a little bit too much even for me. 
Mm-hmm. I'm mixed on it. I'm mixed on mm-hmm. it. I, I'd say it's it's probably the least clear so far in terms of what it's trying to say. Yes. And it extracts the most from the audience in trying to say it um, yes. out of I the think first three episodes. When yeah. you said it has like a point that it's hitting over and over, I thought like, does it have a point <laughs> that it's hitting? And, and I don't mean that like necessarily in a like negging way. Yeah. But like when we look at episode one, we can see what it's trying to say yeah. about like technology and signing away your rights and like, et cetera. Two is very much like what does our unending demand for entertainment actually do to like the people around us and like the stories of a place and like bleh, whatever but like this third one is just sort of like space am i right and like we've done a lot of like sad space stories which i love and i just didn't necessarily think that this one had like that much more to offer mm thematically I well guess. i can't believe you're putting me in this position of needing to defend this episode but that's what's about to happen so well i don't think we're I, I don't think we are on opposing sides of it well i think it has a lot more to say than what you're implying oh okay uh, yeah i don't think it's oh. saying that much about yeah. like tech yeah, i think yeah. it's saying a lot about loneliness mm, and sort yeah. of like our how our demand for empathy can become enmity but i don't think it's saying a lot about like the sci-fi end of things but we can talk about that more after the recap let's talk about the recap uh so in an alternate version of 1969 uh alternate universe version of Mm -hmm. 1969 cliff who's played by aaron paul and david who's played by josh hartnett are astronauts in the middle of an important six-year mission in order to pass the time in space they're able to beam their consciousness down to earth and live life in a robotic replica, spending time with her families and enjoying the comforts of Earth. But one day, Kappa, who's the head of a Manson-esque cult, breaks into David's house, killing his family and destroying his replica. Mm -hmm. David quickly starts to mentally spiral. As a result, Cliff decides to lend David his replica so that he can return to Earth and get his mind off of things, maybe by making a painting. But David soon becomes convinced he can be a better husband and father than Cliff can. Cliff forbids David from using his replica again, but David tricks Cliff to get him outside the spaceship. He takes control of Cliff's replica and murders Cliff's family, then returns to the ship. As the episode ends, David is sitting down at the table and kicks Cliff a chair, inviting him to sit with him. So that is kind of what happens in the episode. Now, uh, there was an interview that Josh Hartnett and Kate Mara gave to Hollywood Reporter Mm -hmm. about what was the inspiration behind the episode. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Hartnett says, quote, when I spoke to Charlie uh, uh, Brooker about it and to John Crowley, the director, about why Charlie wrote it, it was that he wrote it during lockdown as a reaction to lockdown. He's feeling isolated and he probably won't say this, but I think he's feeling a bit of FOMO looking at other people's lives out in the world. Uh, And he thought that maybe you're comparing your own situation to someone else's situations, uh, somebody else's situation everyone seems to have their chickens roosting and why is it always in that sunny part of england and not in my part of england that's <laughs> okay. a thing that people get into when they're isolated on their social media and i think this is a reaction to that social media feeling of separation but being there in a way and also obviously isolation end quote okay um so that's some thoughts on the inspiration behind the episode 
I mean, I feel like that sort of tracks. Sure. Yeah. So he was, you know, Charlie Brooker was sad looking at Instagram. So as a result, we all have to endure this incredibly sad and depressing episode Mm -hmm. about uh, what it's like when uh, both Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul's families get murdered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought the interesting element of this was that it, like I kept trying to think like why does this take place in the sixties you know mm-hmm. what is the purpose of taking place in the sixties one of the reasons why it takes place in the sixties is obviously you get to use this kind of Charles Manson esque cult sure. um, that in the actual sixties uh, when they killed people uh, it was it marked the end of an era the end of this era of innocence and experimentation in American history so you get to evoke all those feelings of that and of the space race and of the hope for the future of humanity. Um, <clears throat> See, I didn't get any, uh, I mean, I got the Manson stuff, obviously, yeah. because like his, uh, David's wife is also styled as Sharon Tate, you know, like long blonde hair, mini skirt. It's like very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we didn't know enough about like the mission Right. Or larger politics or any of that sort of stuff. Like, yes, I care about these men as like base level humans, <laughs> but I don't know if the show did as good of a job. That um, is the most Roxana statement I've ever heard, Roxana. Yes, what? I care about these men as base level humans. As base that's level like your, humans. That's like your motto for the podcast, I think. Yeah, but like I, I would love for like a little bit more. I would love for a little bit more because I think that their differences as characters is like very superficial Mm -hmm. like cliff is strict david is an artist (laughs) i just thought there was there could have been more especially when aaron paul is tasked with playing both men sharing his body i don't think there's enough difference in paul's performance between the two men I think Aaron Paul didn't go hard enough. That's kind of my yeah, sense. Like, of I think be- he's a great actor of nuance, but right, I think right. this episode required more than nuance. He he didn't go hard enough because the idea is that like Kate Mara is like alone and depressed and mm-hmm. socially isolated, deprived. isolated, right. and then and apparently he wails on his son. But can you imagine? First of all, can you imagine the son who gets like three lines in this episode doing anything bad enough to need wailing on? And right. secondly, can you imagine Aaron Paul wailing on this kid? It's like it's hard to imagine. I think um, I'm mm, not saying okay. I want to. I'm not saying I want to them to show child abuse. I'm just saying like uh, it, it's like the the depiction I saw wasn't like uh, this is like a kind of aloof father. This wasn't like an abusive dude. You know what I'm saying? Um, which I think, I think is that, yeah. Go ahead. But that to me is also a flaw of the writing though. Yeah. Because I think we're meant to like, to your point extract, I think we're meant to pull out a lot about this relationship. Like why is Kate Mara's wife so lonely? Is it just because they're separate and away from the world? Right. Or like what's going on in their relationship? This might be, I don't mean to be whatever. Maybe I do mean to be vulgar. (laughs) I don't care. Do the replicas have like, sexual intercourse (laughs) like (laughs) like are they able to do all the things that a functional human can do because i think it would be an interesting thing to talk about like does lana feel so lonely because her husband 
refuses to touch her. Like, what is this like distance between them, physical and emotional? And is it because he's a replica? Like, there's a lot of stuff about the replica <laughs> that I think the episode does not deal with. The stuff with Kappa is really interesting. Yes. This like this contrast between the natural world and are we upending the natural world by creating copies of people essentially. Um but the episode then doesn't deal with that any further, I don't right. think. Yeah. And that was a disappointment to me. So yeah, it's like a little bit of a failure of Aaron Paul's performance to me that there isn't more distinction between these two men. I I got him as like an aloof Brad Pitt from Tree of Life like dad, like that sort of track to me. But I needed more um when he's playing two men. But then just separately thematically, I think the show this episode doesn't go deep enough into like that humanity versus engineering debate it just becomes like two dudes arguing about kate mara (laughs) (laughs) and i love kate mara but like i needed i needed more than that i think or less of it i I didn't need 80 (laughs) minutes of it (laughs) indeed indeed yeah hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I want to return to a point you made about the the sex. Um, mm-hmm. I think that a flash. This is like a flashback to White Lotus all over again. I want right, to return well, we do, to I mean, a point do, you made we about do see, sex. We do see Josh Hartnett like uh, physically pleasure his wife, and so yes. like I, I'm like, why are they showing this? You know, uh, Black Mirror doesn't usually show sex scenes. So I'm like, what mm-hmm. what is the significance of this? It's and like I think, barely a sex scene. I think it's to show that like they can interact sexually. Like it's it's just to demonstrate that that's possible. Well, and he can he can interact with her sexually. Yeah, I know, but the implication is that like Aaron Paul hasn't done the same thing with Kate Morrow's character. You know, like that's kind right. of Right. Right, right. There's yeah, an yeah. implication that but like I think it's very noticeable that we do not see what is happening with him genitalia wise. Like he <laughs> pleasures I'm sorry, but he pleasures her and then there isn't like a reciprocal what, act. But why does that uh, okay, my, my, the point I'm making is you mm-hmm. you raise the critique. You're like, hey, the the, the movie the show doesn't make clear what's going on under the belt with these characters, and I'm like, I, I agree that mm-hmm. the show does a poor job of explaining a lot of things in mm-hmm. this episode. Why does it the, matter? But the fundamental point of mm-hmm. um, 
David's wife in the episode is able to like engage with David sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Cliff's wife is not able to. Uh, that point has been made by the episode. Like they put this scene with Josh Hartnett's character and his wife just to make that point. Um, so for me, it, it was sufficient. so like I think yeah. it makes the point that like David and his wife are sexually closer than Cliff and his wife. Yes, but to me, it doesn't make the point of what is the baggage of being a replica. Mm. Is there baggage? Right. To yeah, being no, no, that a I agree. That I agree with is like, yeah. what, is there any disconnect between like does does inhabiting your replica? take something away from you or right. do you need to bring something extra? You know, like I agree that that is like basically completely unexplored in this, right. in this episode. They suggest so, like, yeah. that Cliff is like religious. So like, yeah. is there some religious element to like him not wanting his replica to touch his wife? Like they mm-hmm. barely, they only hug like one time. So I think there's yeah. like, I think my point more so is like sex is a physical act. It is an act of like, humanity and intimacy and i think in an episode that clearly feels interested in humanity and intimacy i'm not saying i like wanted a sex scene i'm just saying i think there is like there are themes that kappa's character raises about like what is natural versus what is unnatural that i think the episode could have done more with if we understood more of like cliff's aversion to his wife if it's just that he's like to your point, if he's just like an aloof dad and like a distant husband, like that's fine. But I don't think the episode um, makes clear what his motivations or lack of motivations are. There's a lot of like backstory that this episode does not provide that I think would have been more interesting than just um, David becomes obsessed with Cliff's family life and like wants it for himself. It really relies on shorthand for you to mm-hmm. film. It. You know, Cliff prays. He's an outdoor guy. He's kind of a more conservative dude. Uh, David paints and is more cosmopolitan, you know, like right. lives in the city. And it's just kind of like, or it lives in the suburbs, whatever. Like, yeah, it kind of lives just in like, California, regardless, right. lives and, in California. And it kind of relies on, it's like, we're going to provide you these cues and you're going to have to fill in the rest by yourself. Um, yes. So whether it's successful or not, you know, you'll have to decide. But, uh, so one of the things that I think the episode is about, mm-hmm. the extent the episode is about anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, w- one of the reasons I think it's set in 1969 is it's so weird to contemplate a universe where, like, this is not, you know, Man in the High Castle, where it's like present day, but the Nazis won. It's like, sure. it's... 1969, but they have this technology that literally is un mind blowing if it was introduced today in our world. Like mm-hmm. the idea that you could beam your consciousness to another thing and like Brandon Cronenberg's possessor style, like take control of another body. Like it just it, it it's weird because then you're like, well, what what other technology do they have? You know, like mm-hmm. apparently they have these spaceships that can go through space and mm-hmm. are traveling to whatever. Um, but it makes it hard to really imagine. And, and I will say this, Roxana, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I, h- how much do you think one of these replicas cost the United States government? <laughs> in, in, in present day dollars. Like, let's say this is a present day project. Let's not, let's not account for inflation, but I'm going to guess a billion dollars. I'm going to just okay. say 
And we just say a billion dollars per replica. I don't know. Okay. How much are like those fighter jets? Aren't they like a lot? Yeah. I feel how like much? this is less than a fighter jet. Really? Yeah. Really? The the, yeah. the the smaller things are, the more expensive they are. Hmm. A single F-22 Raptor is approximately $143 million. Yeah. So. I was going to guess $100 million Okay. For these dudes. Fair enough. I, I yeah. mean, I'm not going to fight with you about this. Right. Let's say it's a, it's $100 million. Look, right? if they don't have to make genitalia, I'm guessing that it's not that high. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> With genitalia, that adds another. With 50 genitalia, mil. we're adding costs. That adds a fifty mil onto the price tag. Yes. <laughs> um. So, I'm sorry. I can, was, can I make one more? Sorry, one more point. How do they not have a backup? Right. Mm. Like, wouldn't you have a backup of these bodies? To quote, to quote, contact. Let me introduce you to the first rule of government spending: Why buy one when you can have two at twice the price? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. And you'd imagine that they would have some kind of redundancy. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's say one of these replicas cost $100 million. Okay. okay. I bought, like, I was very fortunate at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I was able to buy a gaming PC. I also have a separate office where I record all my pod, uh, like a lot of my podcasts. That's where I'm broadcasting live from right now. Right. And uh, so I stored this gaming PC with this nice graphics card in my office. And I have a camera pointed right at it Mm -hmm. right so like when i'm not here i can always just check in on it Mm -hmm. um this gaming pc costs probably one thousand times less no no one hundred thousand times less than one of these replicas does Mm -hmm. right in uh, even using your metric Mm -hmm. um but i check in on my gaming pc (laughs) Like all the time, using like more often than these people checked in on their replica. Mm-hmm. That that part of the the episode made absolutely no sense at all. Like, you mean like why wouldn't Cliff in space watch what David was doing with his body on Earth? I just think it's completely un. Like when when astronauts go to space, like every component of their person is monitored closely like right uh i remember watching apollo 13 and tom hacks talking about how like there's like sensors that like detect how his kidneys are doing and how, mm-hmm. what his blood pressure is at all times mm-hmm. so the idea that they would just let these replicas like wander around not monitor them not protect them at all okay so you just, mean like you would want like government monitoring yeah. of the of the replicas of, okay. of both the replicas and the people yeah like it just I... makes it yeah, now, I think now, that's fair. Now, okay. maybe, maybe they're like off in space and unreachable by the government, but that makes no sense because they're beaming their consciousness down to Earth. So, um, so you're uh, saying everybody they should have had a security detail, <laughs> yes. like there should have been like Secret Service at the door that would not have allowed yeah. Kappa and the like Manson gang yeah. to make it inside. I think that's I, fair. I'm, I'm saying it makes no sense that every decision and action that is taken by both the humans and the replicas are not monitored at all times okay uh, that doesn't make any sense to me but whatever rant over i don't want to spend all the episode like you have to ex- <laughs> basically you have to accept this of course extremely odd premise yes, in order to move course. forward to the episode yes. um i think to the extent the episode's about anything roxana a, a significant part of it is about toxic masculinity and about like the possessiveness of men there's so many times when aaron paul uses this language of like she's mine that's my wife and well, it's blah, not blah, blah. so many times it's like at the end there's just like his big speech about it right I like think he says it a few times like does if he? I recall, yeah okay. but it, regardless but yes your point is like but see that's to me why it was like set in the 60s 
because I thought it was easier to have this sort of like toxic masculinity discussion. Yeah, it, it is more plausible in mid-century yeah. that an astronaut would be that possessive of their wife in, in the 60s. But, you know, I hate to say it, Roxana, but like there's a major political party in the United States that wants to kind of bring us back to those days. So mm-hmm. like it's not like a completely out of nowhere idea that like mm-hmm. there's this idea. I, I just watched shiny, happy people on prime video. You know, there's a huge portion of the electorate that believes that um, uh, women should be subservient to men in the household and these kinds sure. of things. And I think like Cliff's character, like really subscribes to that concept. Um, and I think we're meant to believe that like these men's possessiveness is what leads to the tragic outcome at the end of the, of the episode. What do you think? I don't I don't know if I totally I don't know if I totally connect those dots. Mm-hmm. I think less so than toxic masculinity. I think it could be a commentary on like traditionalism which includes toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think also could include somebody like kappa who is also sort of making a point about going back to like a time before now like a better time that wasn't corrupted by tech a better time that wasn't corrupted by things that were unnatural kappa just wants to make america great again basically right Right. kappa just wants to make america great again um so i think you know you could lump him and uh cliff's sort of desire to possess his family and david's desire to again go back in time to a simpler time when his family wasn't dead i mean i I suppose you could make all of those thematic links but i think it's a flaw of the episode that i feel like we really have to stretch for that Hmm. you know like i just i think that There was a lot more this episode could have done with the questions that Kappa raises. And ultimately, it just becomes like this grapple between these two men. Um, And finally, I think, you know, I do think that David killing Cliff's family so that Cliff can finally understand what he went through is a good pivot. Like, I am glad that it wasn't David somehow killing Cliff to take over his body and his mm. family. Like, yeah. that would not have made sense in a spaceship that needs two people to run. I, I, that's what I, that's where I thought it was going, is like, there's a final shot at the end where it's like, yeah. oh, it's actually David and Cliff. Yes. You know, like, that's where you I'm think it's I'm glad it wasn't right? like yeah. an us ending. But yeah. then on the flip, to your point about, like, practicality, why wouldn't you send the replicas to space? why did you send the humans to space (laughs) why wouldn't you send the replicas there but but seriously so then like if the humans are on earth like the astronauts on earth can do these things remotely like why wouldn't you have that be the setup what if this entire thing is a commentary on remote work and the evils of remote work. <laughs> it's so true. It's so dehumanizing, right? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. by the way, one other reason why I think it was set in 1969, um, uh, the entertainment options uh, okay. were different, right? Because, like, I think if there was a Streamberry, if there was iPhones, you know, like, Kate Mara's character probably would be less bored. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Josh Hartnett on the on the spaceship would be less bored, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and loneliness and isolation and not have anything to do is like a core part of the episode. So anyway, mm-hmm. I think it's like for the most part, I understand why they said it in the 1960s, but it also introduces a ton of questions that the episode's not able to answer, including the ones mm-hmm. you just identified about like why are they? It's like Armageddon. Why are you training drillers to be astronauts instead of the other way around? You know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't make very any... much all of those things. It yes. falls apart under even the slightest of scrutiny. But yeah, but yeah, I, I do think it is Josh Hartnett's like. There is a sense of like, well, if I can't have her, like no, no one else can have her. Kind of, uh, it, it, there is this. Aaron Paul's character is like she's mine, and then Josh Hartnett's like, well, if I can't have her, no one else can have her. I'm killing her. You know, like, I think that's what is the the sin that leads to the final outcome. Okay. Um, but I, I can agree with you that it could have been made clearer. Like, you know, the they could have used more of that time to dedicate to Aaron Paul's character's possessiveness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, another thing, actually, arguably, this is in the subtext, Roxanne. It's not in the text, but, like, she wants to spend time with other people. And the, I think mm-hmm. we're meant to... Imp- we're meant to understand that he's like, I don't want to show my wife. I don't want to, sh- I don't want to show like my wife's all for me. I don't want to show my wife off. You know what See, I'm saying? That's so interesting because I thought of it. I thought of it as again, if we're trying. Okay. So much of like the astronaut stuff I thought was about like this desire to be known and to have your experiences be the same. So I didn't read um cliff moving his wife out to like this isolated place as like a control thing i thought of it as if i have to be isolated in space and be alone then you also have to be isolated in this far off place so you understand what i'm feeling and i understand what you're feeling and we're on the same page and yes there is like absolutely a possessive like toxic masculinity quality of that but i thought then when david kills cliff's wife and child i thought it was like okay see now you're gonna understand what i'm feeling and i'm gonna understand what you're feeling and we're gonna be on the same page so i think those are mirrored ideas um but again it's like i sort of feel like i'm like reaching for that (laughs) comparison i don't know that's a very generous interpretation of cliff's you know i'm just like i have a much more negative you know cliff's possessive Cliff's like sure. a, a bad husband and father and and he he's an old fashioned dude who likes things a certain way and that's the way it is, you know, like as opposed to your interpretation is he wants to generate empathy with his wife. I'm like, yes. I don't know. I, think... I don't think so. Um but I, I guess I'm saying I think the pieces are there to make the interpretation that I'm describing. You know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. it's I, I can accept that it's not as clear as it should be, um, but I do think that's ultimately kind of what leads to their downfall. And, and it is, I actually think it is topical. I think there, again, I think there is significant part of this country that believes in this, that this level of possessiveness is proper right now. Um, I think so. I just also think that like, I think that ideology about men and women is not new. Like I, yes, I think absolutely there is like, a louder contingent of it right now because mm-hmm. of where a certain political party is headed. But I, I think it's like topical all the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's more topical now. Sure. Like I don't think Fair black enough. mirror Fair is enough. like 
cracking the code right. on anything. I just right. think it's like, this is a, yes, this is like a fair observation that could work, unfortunately, in like any American <laughs> decade. <laughs> Uh, let's talk briefly about the ending of the episode. You okay. know, I, I thought it was an interesting ending uh, where Cliff kicks him this chair and then, uh, or uh, David kicks him this chair and Cliff needs to decide what he's going to do. And we don't see mm-hmm. what he decides. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought it was like, hey, kind of a cool, ambiguous way to end the episode of like, you can either kill me and we both die or... You can take a seat, like join me in my loneliness because now you finally understand what it's right, like. To be, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's very much like a, I thought it was very much the join me. Like now you finally understand what I'm feeling. Now we both have like a seat at this awful table. Yeah. And one of us doesn't have, you know, like we're back. Like this is like return to baseline, right? It's just a new baseline. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, like I liked. I liked that sense of it. Um, I just, again, <laughs> like, is the American government just going to let them be up there? <laughs> well, there's apparently no, inter- like, no, other than, I think, David watching the funeral, there's, like, mm-hmm. no intervention on the government's part about anything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, Cliff right? at one point mentions, like, complaining, or there, I think it's two points. At one point he mentions, like, complaining about the faulty systems to someone Mm -hmm. and then at another point he does specifically name drop i think like hq yeah but yeah very little very little oversight very little intervention what's their mission who knows who knows who can say uh outside the spaceship the space scenes were like pretty well done you know like Mm -hmm. it looked it looked convincing but i think at the end of this it's, it's like when i think of what the takeaway from this episode is I do feel like it's kind of weak. You know, like I, I think I'm on, on your side of the fence. It's like, okay, don't be too possessive of your wife. I get that's, like, I guess, in my, sure. you know, in my opinion, you don't even get that message. That's fine. Um, but then it's like, or else if you are, you're going to end up in a worse place than you were, like where you're killing people. But like, what I is, guess. you know, it's, I'm just like, I, I, I think it's a message of like, don't let loneliness, like, overtake you or don't don't lose your empathy you know don't lose empathy don't let loneliness and isolation overtake you don't give in to that maybe you know these all feel like hallmark like christ right, like that's, hallmark car that's what i'm saying is like what can we take away from it that's like actually applicable in any way and i don't know it's not the job of art to have like a moral that we need to be able to apply but sure most black mirror episodes at least make me think about like make me reevaluate a component of my life or how I'm using technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that this one really does, does, you know, it's like, I don't think I have a toxic possessiveness of my wife. You know, it's like, I don't think like, it's not a, it's not a thing that I feel I need to work on, you know? So I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know what, what the takeaway is here, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I think if there was a stronger discussion of like, what is, quote unquote unnatural and what mm, is like yeah. taking science too far um and what are the potential downsides of creating like a secondary version of humanity all that stuff like could be interesting i mean right. you could get into like a blade runner like replicant discussion like how human is human 
Um, but the episode but doesn't, it, it doesn't really do go that. into enough detail. No, the for, episode for you to really even it doesn't go into enough detail for you to even make a story. Like you, right. uh, we're willing to do work as the viewer to do that, but it doesn't even right. explain enough about how the replicas work for you to really right. you know, put, exactly. put anything like that together. Right? <laughs> like, do they have genitalia? Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there is a takeaway. I mean, no. is the takeaway that empathy is itself toxic? You know that like that David's desire to be known is what causes him to kill Cliff's family. That Cliff's desire to be known is what curses his wife to this very lonely existence. You could almost say that this episode is like, Hey, stop wanting other people to recognize what you're going through, which, yeah, that is a a bleaker black mirror ending than most. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like everything is bad, right? Like, uh, the Rory Culkin character who wants to turn back, he's like, this is unnatural. Let's go back to the way it was. Uh, this tra- Cliff's traditional way of like raising a family on a kind of farmstead home is has its own downsides because he ends up really isolated and aloof. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, but the technology is also bad because it enables David to go back and murder Cliff's family. It's just like, what is good about what, what is redeemable about any of this? You know, I don't, I don't it's hard. It's hard for me to yeah, figure out. I don't know. So. I don't think we know enough about the tech to make a decision either way though. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It feels like a muddled episode that has like some good performances within it. I, we haven't really talked about Kate Mara. I like Kate Mara as an actress. I think she does a good She's job great, here. I think her confrontation. Yeah. yeah. Her confrontation of, david in cliff's body where she rejects him i think is really strong yeah um i mean the tw- i do think the kappa scene is the strongest it's of the really episode. frightening it's very terrifying it's very yeah. disturbing and very frightening and i think the camera work there is really strong as we sort of mimic david and going like in and out of consciousness as he sees what's happening to his family uh cutting the hand off is good all of that stuff is like really yeah. promising yeah and then the episode sort of takes this hard turn into infidelity what are your thoughts and i just am not as interested the whole scene with the kappa is just like you know they're, they're leaving this incredibly valuable government asset unguarded like right i, I yeah. was i was i was so expecting josh hartnett to push a button and like right. people come rushing in and it's like oh, okay whatever yeah um but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff about the episode. At the end of the day, it's very bleak assessment of humanity, uh, very depressing, and kind of cl- like when people think of like a bad Black Mirror episode, I think they think of an episode kind of like this in some ways. Mm-hmm. Of like, look at what terrible horrors technology enables. Um, but it's great to see the, these like actors of this caliber doing it, you know, doing this work, and and I do uh, support that. So it's great to see Josh Hartnett. I think is what you're telling me is that 100%. that's what's happening. One hundred percent. It's great to see Josh. I liked seeing Rory Culkin play another religious weirdo because he was so great in Under the Banner of Heaven. Mm, that, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was glad to see him here. But yeah, so far for for me, probably the overall weakest mm-hmm. episode of the season so far. The best idea, well, not the best, but some of the most intriguing ideas, um, with some of the most like unfulfilling execution. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think all, like 
in terms of looks, it's a very beautiful looking episode. Like, sure. All, yeah. Every setting is captured really well, you know. So yeah. there's a lot of technically it's a very good episode. Acting is a very good episode. But yeah, just the the weakness here is in the script, I think. So mm-hmm. all right, that's gonna bring us to the end of this week's uh decoding TV. Be sure to follow Decoding TV on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Decoding TV. Uh, and we will be covering the final two Black Mirror episodes in the near future. So subscribe at podcast.decodingtv.com. Make sure you are kept up and support this podcast at decodingtv.com. Become a paid member. It would really help us out. Uh, Roxana Haddadi, where can people find more of your work on the internet? You can find me at Vulture. That's it. All right. Check her out there. Really appreciate her joining us for this series of episodes. It's been an absolute pleasure. And looking forward to the final couple of episodes here on Decoding TV. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.